The blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back. From the land beyond beyond. From the world past hope and fear. I bid you, Genie, now appear. Talking Back. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host Tim, and with me this week is Dean for part two of Podcast at the Lake, The Revenge, brought to you in... HD, 4K, uh, digital, Dolby 7.1, Panavision, Betamax, and Wi-Fi. Wow. We don't have (laughs) Wi-Fi. We don't have Wi-Fi at the lake. (laughs) That's all the, that's how we're bringing, that's how we're being broadcast this week for part two. The revenge, eh? Catch us in any of those. This time it's personal? Yeah, this time it's personal. Okay, this podcast is personal. It is. I'm uh, it, it is personal because it's ours. Yeah. Right? Isn't it always personal? Well, it's ours and the listeners, really. <laughs> right. It's not just ours. It's everybody. Yeah. If it was just ours, nobody would. We wouldn't release it. We just keep it. Right. We, yeah. We, but we, we are actually putting it out there. So yeah. it's not just ours. No, it's everybody's. Yeah. Okay. Still at the lake? Yeah. We're going to do one more episode here. Uh, what's going on? You haven't been in the water yet. I do not go in the You're water. You're not going to go in the water. No, I did not go on a boat. I have not gone in the water. You have. Yeah, I've been all over the water. Yeah. Uh, I did not join on the boat today. No, you didn't go on the boat. Didn't go on the water. Yeah, so you kind of do lake different. Different than most people. A little bit, yeah. different. Which is fine. Which is fine. To each their own. I did. I did no, watch, ju- no judgment here. I did watch Blair Witch the other night. And oh, that yeah. was scary. That, yeah, that's scary. Yeah. Good. Good job. Had to close the curtains. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A little oh, scared that there'll be a face in the yeah, window. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's a problem. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. Why don't we just get into it then? I'm good with that, Tim. We are going to do the seventh voyage of Sinbad. This one was more of the, like, when you're at the lake, lying on the couch, and you just throw some movies on in the afternoon. This is one that would, would hit the uh, VCR for me back in the day. Right. I, I still have this on VHS. But uh, I just seen this seemed like the type of movie you could go to the lake and there's nothing really to do. So you throw this one on and you just lie there for an hour and a half and you absorb it in all its glory. And Tim, that's exactly what I did. Yeah, that's perfect. That's how you should do it. Yeah, I have. We'll we'll get to it. But I have memories of this movie, but I don't have memories of like actually watching the movie. Like I don't have memories of what the movie's about. I don't have memories of um, really any of the characters except for one. Uh, yeah, I, I just remember it was on when I was young. Yeah. So watching this this time, super fresh. Um, I know nothing about it, absolutely nothing. So I'm hoping that you bring some knowledge to this one because I just sat down on a afternoon at the lake, threw it on, and I feel like there needs some explanation. Well, why? Why you didn't get it? Do you no, no, no. Didn't get it? No, I got it. You just I, want you want me to bring a little bit extra. Yeah, I always yeah, do that. I always sure. do that. I always do that. I'm mildly insulted that you're even questioning <laughs> if I would bring that this week. Dean. I was more just like trying to set you up, like oh, okay. prop you. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> I was gonna say that this was always on. Yeah. You said this was always on. It was always on because I was always watching it. Yeah. on my VHS. And then rocking it. I loved this movie. Yes, yeah, so and I still do. For me, this movie is kind of what do you say? The White Whale. 
like the one that in my mind oh yeah has i've had this memory of this movie and right. never been able to Couldn't figure, figure out what, out what it, was. it was never been able to i thought for a, right. for a little bit i thought like maybe it's land of the lost maybe that's what i have in my mind what i had in my mind is cyclops dude yeah okay that, i had okay. that image so sure. like so much ingrained into my mind and I couldn't figure out what movie it was from. I've never oh, yeah. been able to find it before. Nice. And then you suggested this for the lake. I looked at the cover. Yeah. Cyclops boys on the cover. Yeah. And as soon as I said it, it already brought feelings to yes. you. You're like, oh, I think I know stuff about that movie. Like that, you've done an episode with our friend Corey on first five movie memories. Yeah. That is my number one first movie memory oh, wow. is Cyclops. What a great movie memory. I know. And it's- I've never been able to track it down. So just to see it and just to like put it on i was super pumped to watch it just to like get those feelings back yeah this is a great kids movie it's rated g yeah and there's a lot of uh interesting things in it that we'll get into but a really good movie for a child to watch for sure yeah uh, for lots of reasons so i viewed it often as a child it was one of my favorites so we decided this would be a good fit for part two of podcasts at the lake yeah, and it is. It's going to be good. I, I agree that like a, it's a great movie for a child. It I, it's a great I, movie for anybody, yeah, but it'll work for it. a child. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but I was screaming at Sinbad a couple times. Well, there's some stuff in it. Yeah. It's, it is from 1958. Yeah, that's amazing. This is our Looks great. second oldest movie that we've done. What was the first? Well, pull it out. Come on, Dean. Creature from Black Lagoon. You got it. You got it. That was the one. 54. Was the 54. Creature. Okay, okay. Creature. <laughs> Mr. Gilman. <laughs> yeah. Heck of a guy. Stand-up dude. Yeah, he's a stand-up dude. Yeah. Misunderstood. Of course. For sure. Yeah. Had his swamp invaded, got shot with a spear, acted reasonably yeah. under the conditions that, that he was For sure. thrown into. For sure. That is a monster movie, but he's not the monster. I'll just right. leave it at that. Wow. Yeah. You want nice. to hear more? Listen to uh, episode 16 of Talking Back. Our Halloween special. Ooh, spooky. spooky. Creature. Eerie town. <laughs> Eerie. Blood curdling. <laughs> Blood curdling. Yeah. Lacerations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I can't get enough of those Halloween episodes. Yeah. I wish Halloween happened every month because Definitely. it's such a fun episode. It's coming up again soon. Oh, though. I can't wait. Clo- we're getting closer. And we have nothing on the schedule yet. Mm, it's already Scary. been, it's already been uh, scheduled in my mind. Ooh. And I'm scared. <laughs> oh man okay I'll, I'll fill you in later oh thanks in Tim. the dark <laughs> okay yeah we'll shut off all the lights <laughs> and wait, you just I'll, tell me I'll whisper to you <laughs> just be <like> Frankenstein <laughs> we're doing creature again <laughs> okay um, enough silliness that is the end of the silliness yeah. there will be no more silliness in the podcast it's all serious stuff now yeah if you're looking for more silly just turn it off now because yeah. there won't be any because we just got it out of our system we're very serious dudes. Yeah. Okay. This is a very serious movie. Now it was released, as I said, in 1958 with a budget of $650,000, but it grosses $3.2 million. Really? Yeah. That's pretty good. It sounds great. Yeah. So money doubled. Is double your money. Is good. Oh, right. Or double mo- your money is doubled. Yeah. Double your money and you've doubled your money. Double your money and you have more money to buy things. Yeah. That's right. Double the amount. Double your money and you ha- now have more. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I like that one. It's a good one. Let's make a note here. Yeah, right? make a note down there. Double your money and you now have more. finally found a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dean. Yeah. The story of Sinbad can be traced all the way back to the 1700s. Really? Yes. 
That was my exact yeah. reaction as well. I don't know much about Sinbad. Me neither. Yeah. I know that he has a, a string of movies. Okay. See, I didn't really know about the movies. I knew about the TV show that was with like Hercules and Xena and they were on it like kind okay. of the same like Saturday afternoon and I would watch that. And that's right. really all I knew. Okay. And then, you know, this movie is the seventh voyage. Are there more? Are there more voyages? This was his seventh voyage. This like was, this was the seventh this movie? This was movie seven, yeah. Wow. Um, now, hold on a second. Let me... S- yeah. Yeah, I believe there were seven. I believe there were seven movies. There were for sure seven stories. Seven right. voyages. Okay. Um, now I'm feeling a little bit unclear whether there were seven movies, but I think there were. Okay. Right. So what's the 1700s where he's... So the up? 1700s, yeah. um, there's a collection of Middle Eastern folktales. Oh, okay. Titled 1000 and One Nights. And the work was collected over many centuries by various authors, translators, and scholars in Asia and Africa. Now, the story of Sinbad wasn't actually part of that original text. Uh, it was an addition, but still that addition occurred in the early 1700s. Okay. So still, it's still legit. Yeah. Legit old school. Now, 1001 Nights Dean had very early examples of techniques commonly utilized nowadays in storytelling that we take for granted, such as foreshadowing, mm. it's kind of new, and something called repetitive designation that you know and refer to as Chekhov's gun. Ah. So you've mentioned that on the podcast a couple times. Right. I've never stopped you to ask what that is. Uh, maybe for the listeners who don't know what, what that is, why don't you just explain that quick, what Chekhov's gun is? Uh, Chekhov's gun is when you show something in the beginning of a, a plot of a movie, um, you should bring it back later. So it comes down to if you if somebody walks into a bar and there's a gun on the wall and the story makes a mention of the gun on the wall, that gun should be taken down and used later in the plot so that it had a reason for you to mention it. Right. So and it's kind of those, it's, yeah, it's kind of those hidden things that at the beginning have been shown, but will be big later on. Yeah. It's, um, it's a way of doing like really tight storytelling. Yeah. Like, uh, you don't need to include things that don't actually matter for the movie. Um, obviously movies nowadays sometimes get away from that. Like there's just been, you know, such, um, uh, an explosion of ideas in cinema in the past 30 years that these type of techniques aren't necessary anymore it's it's interesting now to see different types of techniques used but um yeah this you know back in the day you wanted that because it helped the audience really understand and connect with the film right yeah you're, you're right there it comes down to don't waste your time so if you mention that thing it's got to come back you got to bring it back and it needs to be used right yeah and there is a, another technique known as formal patterning this is this is basically this is a quote but this is what formal patterning is It's the organization of the events, actions, and gestures which constitute a narrative and give shape to a story. When done well, formal patterning allows the audience the pleasure of discerning and anticipating the structure of the plot as it unfolds. So that kind of fits right with Chekhov's gun. It's like the story that you're laying out before Mm -hmm. the audience is done in such a way that the audience can pick up on things and start to think about what might happen down the road, and then it does happen. Okay. Right? So Mm -hmm. probably things as simple as like, this is the good guy, this is the bad guy, this guy's probably going to win, we should cheer for him, Um, you know, things might happen, but just just stuff like that. Like, these things we take for granted, because we've grown up with them and seen them forever, but back in the 1700s, this 1001 Nights was kind of the front runner in creating 
some of these techniques. Very cool. So very cool. Now there's several other instances of techniques in that book, but I'm not going to get into those. Those are just a couple I wanted to call out to. Yeah, those are great. Now, Dean, the real meat and potatoes going into this movie is, for me, the stop motion animation. For sure, me too. Right? Uh, we have the genius of Ray Harryhausen behind all that. Uh, I was a huge fan of his growing up. And uh, for, I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, stop motion is basically the art of taking miniature models with poseable parts and photographing very, very small incremental movements one frame at a time with a movie camera. Yeah, there's uh, all those moments in this movie are for me when it's really popping. And a couple of the effects, even even with the not the stop motion, but even some other effects that they have going on. Yeah. Um, some of them really surprised me because mm-hmm. I thought I we were into the movie a bit and I thought I knew what they could do. And right. then they went a little bit further. And I was kind of surprised at yeah. some of them. I know, I know stuff you're talking about, yeah. but we will get there. Now, while stop motion had some success uh, early on in movies such as King Kong, the technique did have its weaknesses because it's hard to combine live action in the same frame with these stop motion miniatures, mm-hmm. right? Because they are miniatures. They're totally. like little yeah. like, you know, like action figure sized, uh, you know, models. So Yeah. And especially when you're trying to make the monsters, you're trying to make them bigger than the people on the screen, right? right? Yeah. So how do you do that? Right? Yeah. So um, this is how you do it, Dean. Uh, Harry Hausen, he comes up with something called dynamation. Okay. Yeah. And it's a new technique that he developed to help integrate the miniatures and live action to make it look better. Now, I was looking into this technique and I'm usually like fairly good at grasping the concepts and ideas behind like techniques for movies and animation and stuff like that. Yeah. I have some experience, but this one was actually super difficult to understand. Okay. And like to break it down, it's basically they film the background, they film the creature, and then they film the foreground all separately. Okay. So you've got like three layers. Yeah. Okay. Because I was trying to think of the two layers. That's what my mind was thinking of while I was watching it. And I couldn't quite figure out how they made it look so good. Right. So the three layers actually does um, make a little more sense to me. I can see that. Yeah. So I'll go into a little bit of detail. Yeah. Just to, to expand a little bit further because it is really interesting how they do it. So they record the background layer. Mm-hmm. They record it on film. They process the film. And then they project it onto a screen. Then they put the monster in the screen. So let's say that this background is like of tall buildings. Yeah. And then you put your monster or your creature in. You've got your creature. You start to move them one frame at a time. You record the creature. Then you develop that film and you project that onto the screen once again. Okay. So the camera is actually recording a screen that the movie is being projected onto. So you could see where like quality issues would come into play here. Yeah. Um. Uh, I we both watched this on Blu Ray, right? Yeah. And I mean, it looks awful. <laughs> like, yeah. It looks like it does on VHS, right? Because there's no way to scale up the this dynamation, this, the way they do it. It's yeah, it, it's very grainy. It's yeah. very grainy. Yeah. So it's a very um, intricate uh, process there. But For sure. Yeah. Very very cool. Yeah. And that basically what that allows Harry Hausen to do is to bring the live action down to the size of the creatures. Instead of trying to bring the creatures to the size of the people, you're bringing the people down to the size of the creatures, which is very cool. Right, right. Yeah, that is cool. Because I could tell there was something, some sort of projection going on. I could tell that like somehow something is in this screen that's like it's being being filmed 
with the with the projection behind, but I couldn't figure out how they could get the background. Then the like the guys in the front in like the foreground, but then the monster kind of in the middle of the two. I couldn't yeah. figure that out. So that that yeah, all that all those steps, all those layers, all those details makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So the seventh voyage of Sinbad would actually be Harryhausen's seventh movie that he oh, films. Okay, which is neat. And it takes Harryhausen eleven months to complete the stop motion animation for this movie. Wow, it's a long time. Yeah, so very like uh, arduous task to to do all that. Obviously, for sure. And there's like a number. It's not even just one monster. Like there's a number of stop motion creatures. Yeah, there's a handful of them yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one other thing I wanted to call out to you before we get to the story is the music. Because the uh, dude who did the music, Bernard Herman, has done a lot of good stuff. He did the music for Citizen Kane, for Vertigo, North by Northwest, Psycho, Cape Fear, Taxi Driver, and many more. Wow. So he's got like, yeah, he's got like some hits. Like all the hits. greatest movies ever. Well, yeah, he was big with Hitchcock, and then he's got a yeah. bunch of other like really cool uh, directors that he worked yeah. with. So Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that takes us to the story. So Cool. Let's get into it. Okay, let's get into the story. Okay, Dean. Yes. Earlier, I mentioned foreshadowing was one of the new techniques. Well, speaking of foreshadowing... You were foreshadowing our episode. No. Speaking of foreshadowing, the whole intro is foreshadowing the movie. Yeah. Because they show us uh, all these pictures on a map of these different places and like images that we're actually going to see in the movie. Yeah. So it's very kind of like follow a map and it's kind of like the story of your movie. It's very cool. It's It's... It's what I love about like the Game of Thrones intro. Like every yeah. time that intro comes yeah. up, they show you <gasps> they ripped it off. They t- well, they, they totally stole from this it movie. Yeah. But they show you each episode shows you where exactly in that episode you're going to like what you're going to watch, where it's going to take place. And I always found that super interesting to like be really engaged at the beginning of the episode to see oh where are we going this one where are we going to be and. That's exactly what I felt when I threw it on. We started to go at the map and we were going to different locations. I was like, okay, these are going to be different places in the movie. Yeah. Really cool. It's cool. Cool Cool intro. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And cool back in like uh, 58. Well, they were doing more than just having credits roll. Exactly. Yeah. 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 This movie really liked to think that it was 58. I kept trying to remind myself, like, I I think this movie's from the 50s. Like, I know. It's hard. There's a lot of great things in it. Story-wise, it's like killer. It's like, it could be a modern day story. Yeah. Nothing, nothing about the story feels like 58. Um, well, no, it's, it's, it gets dated with like it's with the camera that's being used and like the stop motion creatures and all that. But yeah, I would say like like it's basically the story is like a lot of Aladdin, right? Yeah. Like like yeah. they definitely, I, I don't know, ripped off is the right word, but like definitely took from this story to um, to make that movie. And yeah. like that's a that's a classic story. Yeah. 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 Disney could like redo this movie you know keep the story the same redo the visuals yeah. and it would be a, a hit It'd yeah a really great movie i would say i would say my my issue with the movie was the lead was sinbad yeah. and that was really it like that was my only issue with the movie um so uh, for me update that and it's perfect yeah so we start on a ship in the night and captain sinbad is at the helm and it's already really nice music. Mm-hmm. I noticed the music like really early on. It's just it's and really, really, really good. Really loud. Was it really loud on yes, your blue? It was very blue loud. It was so very loud. loud music. Now Sinbad thinks he's found land, Dean, and he has. And everybody on board is happy because they need more food and water. That's a bad situation. Uh yeah, for sure. One of the shipmates says, hopefully they'll find those and nothing more. 
they'll find food and water Ooh, and nothing more. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, what yeah. else? Eerie. What, what more? Yeah. What, what is he afraid of? Right. Yeah, I know. Kind of. There's some foreshadowing for you right there. For sure. Yeah. There it is. And we meet Princess Parisa mm-hmm. and her helper Saudi, who's a real prick. <laughs> Saudi does not Saudi's want Sinbad in that room after hours. That's correct. And Sinbad, uh, he gives, uh, he is there though after hours. He gives the princess a little kiss. Yeah. And that helps us know that they're an item, which is fine. For we, sure. We just yeah. Established really early on that they're a couple. Well, and that they're going to get married on this island. Was that right? No. No. Okay. No. They were just um, on their way. Well, Sinbad, yeah, he's on his way to like, they're on their way to Bangladesh, I believe. Okay. And they just needed um, to stop and find water and food because okay. they were out. Right. So they okay. found an island. Yeah. They stopped at it. Makes sense. Yeah. And they were going to get married when they got there. Right. They, yeah. Yeah. Right, but uh, I guess Captain Sinbad isn't all that good at captaining the rations. Mm, I guess not. Right? Yeah. That's what happened there. Now, the next day, the crew, they all take these smaller boats and they go onto land. Yeah. And they find all types of fruits. They find water. But they also find a giant cloven hoof track. Yes, cool. Which is cool. Very cool. So it's like five minutes in and we're seeing... Some real cool stuff. Well, and especially for me, who's like, okay, I see the Cyclops guy on the cover and I'm just like, oh man, like that's all I want to get to in this movie is this guy because like, this is what I remember. And we're a couple minutes into the movie and I see a huge hoof. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's go. Let's find this guy. Right. Now that might be confusing for, confusing for some people because uh, a Cyclops normally doesn't have cloven hoofs, but (laughs) this, the Cyclops in this movie, uh, Harryhausen combined like the upper body of a Cyclops and then the lower body of like... I don't know. The bottom legs are like two horse legs or two goat legs or something. It's hard to say. And then the yeah, upper body is just like a normal cyclops. They're goat legs, I would uh, yeah, I would say. And and watching the movie, I didn't know that it was going to have goat legs. Um, but just seeing a big print in the sand, yeah. I was like, cool. Yeah, I like it. It looks cool. Yeah. It looks really neat, the, the cyclops. Now, they see a stone face carved in some rock on the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. And it looks really cool because the mouth... Is like this wide open circle and that's the entrance into this cave. I really liked that. Yeah. Again, I get vibes of like Aladdin because like they go into a cave that's in a big mouth. And I was like, oh, cool. Like I like this idea. Yeah. Before they can go in, some dude comes running out. It's Sokura, the magician. And Dean, he's being chased by a cyclops. He is right so away. Like 10 minutes in and we, we get the... They set the cloven hoof up, and then immediately after that, we get to see the Cyclops. None, of this, like, right none of this, like, wait for 30 yeah. minutes to see it. It's just like, here you go. We'll, yeah, we'll pay that off right away. Um, luckily, though, Dean, Sokura, the magician, has a magic lamp. Mm-hmm. So he rubs it. And right? says the magic words. He recites some words, and out comes a genie. And the genie is this, like, 10-year-old boy yeah. who's not very confident with his abilities as a genie. No, that's what was really interesting. I know. It was really strange. He's always like... Well, I'll do my best. I'll try. I'll try my hardest. It's just like, yeah, can you can you save us from the Cyclops? I'll try my, the best I can do. And then it's like, well. Don't be mad if I yeah. fail. <laughs> yeah, it's like, aren't you, you're supposed to be a genie, dude. Yes. <laughs> like, it's use your magic take, power. Not the take on genie that I'm used to. No, definitely not. Not confident at all. Yeah. Which is interesting that it was a child. Like it really, it, for me, it made it a lot more believable. That the genie was a child and not be confident in, in right. his abilities. Right. Yeah, it does make sense um, for that reason that, yeah, he, he is 
he is a bit of a child and uh, maybe he is just learning the ways yeah. of being a genie. Maybe you can't just like become a genie right away. Maybe you have to train at it. And they don't really um, straight come out and say it, but basically they allude to it a little bit in this movie that Sokura has somehow created this lamp and um, like put that boy in it. Mm, he okay. He was the one who created this. Yeah. Which is why he wants it so badly in the movie, right? Okay, and they, I didn't get that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's something you have to you have to have seen it like a bunch of times right. and kind of know like all the dialogue in the movie. There's just some some things at different parts where if you put it all together, you're like, oh, this is what's happening here. Yeah, um, it, so. it makes sense, and I did get the feeling that the boy was like trapped in there. The boy was yeah. new to the lamp, and. That would make sense why he was like, oh, well, I'll try. I'll yeah. use my powers as best I can. I used to be a boy, yeah. so now I, I don't know. So I'll try to be a genie for you. Uh, luckily, he is able to create an invisible barrier yeah, in front of the great. Cyclops. He's a great genie. He pulls it. Well, I wouldn't say, he definitely would not say he's a great genie. <laughs> I would say he's trying his hardest. Uh, he puts this invisible barrier. I think that's the coolest thing he does in the movie mm-hmm. is this invisible barrier. It works really good uh, at stopping the Cyclops from progressing forward. Yeah. But um, it doesn't stop the Cyclops from tossing giant rocks at the men as they try to escape in their boats. I love that. Oh, it's cool. He like totally outsmarts. Yeah. Like, so you right away you know that he's actually kind of smart too, even though he's this big monster. Yeah. He grabs a rock, throws it over the barrier and right. almost hits them in their boat. Almost, and, and still capsizes the boat. For sure. Because yeah. it's such a big boulder, just the, the wave knocks yeah. their boat over, knocks the magic lamp out of the boat and it sinks to the bottom of the water. And the Cyclops goes into the water to retrieve it. So that's um, all he wanted. Yeah. Right? So Sakura was running out of that cave with his magic lamb. Yeah. That's what the Cyclops wants. And the Cyclops ends up getting it. Getting it which and I taking like. it back. It's, it's cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's a great opening to the movie. Like right away you get the action. Right away you get the setup of, you know, what we're going to be going for later in the movie. Yeah. So this uh, Sakura fellow, he's imploring Sinbad to go back for the lamp. Uh, he's just like, we need to go back right yeah. now and get it. We have to have it. And uh, Sinbad's just, he's having none of it. So obviously at this point, you're getting these sinister vibes from this Sokura fella. For sure. Right? Yeah. Like he's he's dressed all in black. Um, he seems sketchy. He looks a bit sketchy. Yeah. And yeah, he, he's just a little bit different than everybody else. Yeah. And he doesn't, like, you kind of already know that, I mean, Sinbad's the hero and Sinbad doesn't want to do what he wants to do. So right. you get those, you get those feelings, you get that vibe early on that like, okay, if Sinbad doesn't want to do what this guy wants to do, then it's probably the wrong thing. And I don't like him. Like I'm against him. Yes. So Sinbad and his crew arrive in Baghdad is what I have in my notes here. Not Bangladesh. Okay. I mixed it up. I got the B's and the A's right. And Good then job. I failed after that. Well, that's okay. I'm sorry. I also didn't know where it was. It's Baghdad. Now, they arrive there on a very important mission, Dean. What's the mission, Dean? It's a mission of love and oh, peace. What a great mission. Yeah. <laughs> what better? What better mission? <laughs> better mission than love and peace. Uh, Sinbad is bringing the word of peace between two nations at war. Yeah. Now, Sinbad's marriage to the Princess Parisa will bring peace to the two warring nations. The classic, marry the children, and yeah. then the nations can't fight anymore. Yeah, and it's classic, but they also, which which I found interesting, they also take a moment for her to say to him, like, oh, are you just marrying me to, like, so that we are at peace? And he's like, no, like, I love you, and this is just helpful yeah. <laughs> that it, that our nations won't fight anymore because of it. So I like that they took that moment, because they didn't have to do that. Hmm. 
But really, he's just marrying her for peace. No, Tim. Uh, he Sak- loves her. Sakura, Sakura is still angling hard, Dean, to get back to the island. Every chance he hard. can. It's like over and over and over again. It's just anybody who'll listen, he's like, we need to get a ship and men and go back to that island. Tim, he's fucking angling so hard to get back there. Oh my goodness. This, okay. We're going we're to keep going. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going? We're going to keep going. But there is, I do have one large problem with the movie. Well, maybe it's too early to get into it's that. It's probably too early, yeah. But this sets it up. How hard he's angling for this. Okay. Now, he gets an opportunity to show off uh, some of his magic here. Oh. And we get Snake Lady. Snake Lady? We get Snake Lady. Is when I start sitting up in my chair. <laughs> oh, yeah. That kind of woke you up? It woke me up. Like So, first the movie starts, it's like right into it right away. I'm up. And then we kind of pull back a bit, so I sit back in my chair. As soon as he puts a lady and a giant urn. Cobra. Oh, and puts a cobra in it. <laughs> and there, puts yeah. a cobra in it, and then breaks the urn, and we have Snake Lady. Yeah. I sit back up. I'm like, oh, okay, this is mm. cool. Yeah, Snake Lady's neat. <laughs> she, she is neat. Yeah. She's got many hands, many four arms. Forearms, forearms. Many forearms. No, forearms. Not oh. ma- many forearms. She has four arms. She has four forearms. <laughs> yes, that's correct. That's accurate. Oh, man. She's got a snake tail. Snake tail? She's blue. She's blue, yeah. She looks like she's like really enjoying being a snake lady. She like, loves she, it. She looks orgasmic. She the way that she's loves like, being a snake lady. Her head's all the okay. way back and her mouth is open. And she's yes. like, this is the greatest thing I've ever felt in my life. Yes. If I'm... If I'm 25 and Snake Lady gets out on the dance floor, like I'm joining. Like you Snake are. Lady's having a great time and yeah. I'm there with her. I'm, I'm joining. She's enjoying herself until the tail starts choking the head. <laughs> what the fuck was that? So the, sna- the snake and the lady apparently still have their differences. <laughs> right. so. The tail starts choking her. Yeah. That's so weird. Sakura weird. has to back off a bit and he's like, okay, yeah. like, uh, you know. Claps his hand, says the magic words or something, and then they separate again. Yeah. This is a big moment for me with uh, Sakura's... Sakura? Sakura. Sakura's character. Um, because up until this moment, I didn't really realize that he has magical powers. Yeah, I know. Like, I just... He rubbed the lamp and said the words. Right. And, like, that's all we've really seen. Right. And then they call him a magician. But yeah. at this point, it's like, oh, he's, like... He's a magician. Magi- like, he's a sorcerer. Um he got to show it off here. He got to show it off here. Yeah. And, and it, he, he gets to show it off more. And he's good. He's a good he's, magician. He's good. Yeah. And again, I, I, maybe hopefully oh, this will be the last parallel. I didn't mean to come in here and parallel everything to Aladdin. Oh my goodness. Come on. I thought the last one was the last one. This is the last one. Jafar. Like he is Jafar. So right. So again, when I see him do that, I'm thinking, oh, okay. He's definitely bad. Like, so in that moment, I'm thinking, okay, for sure he's magical. And now he's for sure evil. Um, well, they, they play with that though, throughout the movie. Like you don't know for sure at this point that he is evil though. Cause he's like, but he's kind of back and forth with being redeemable for a little bit, for a little bit more, for a little while. We know, we yeah. know he wants this lamp, yeah, right? But he hasn't actually done anything wrong. We visualize him as like a bad guy for the way that the movie's, um, portraying him, right? Like we have our hero, we have our princess, we need a bad guy. So we look at this guy, but what has he really done? He, he really wants to go back to the island to get this magic lamp. Well, who wouldn't want to get a yeah. magic lamp if you could go back and get a magic lamp, right? Yeah. So if we if we analyze what's happened in the movie, you're 100% right. That he actually hasn't done anything wrong. And that should really work in the movie that we kind of trust him yeah. at tr- certain times. But I think the way they the way I'm feeling while I'm watching it, maybe, it, maybe it's because I've seen Aladdin and I'm making those parallels. Yeah. But the way I'm feeling in the movie is that Sinbad doesn't trust him, so I don't trust him. He so, doesn't, but he's just untrustworthy. He's not a yeah. bad guy yet. You are right. You, I didn't feel that 
um, watching. But as you're breaking it down, it's like, yeah, at this moment, he has done nothing wrong. I just feel like I don't trust him. And you're meant to feel like that. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, you wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't call him a bad guy quite yet. Yeah. Just because he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't really done much. But, but he does this, this great snake lady. And then he's asked for another trick, basically. Yes. Yeah, I wasn't really going to get into that. Why don't you oh. tell it then? Oh, okay. It's, it's not really. I was just going to skim over yeah, it. Yeah, it's not really a big deal, but he's asked for one more trick. So he says he's going to tell a fortune. He's going to tell the future. Yeah. And he says, like, basically the world is doomed unless he's allowed to go back to the island and get the lamp. Yeah. He basically says, like, the um, this peaceful marriage that's going to bring the nations together is going to fail. Yeah. And there's going to be war and death. And, uh, and they're like, you know, how dare you talk like that? And he's like, dude, you just asked for to see the future. I'm like, this is what I saw. Yeah. Right. Like again, he's kind of like, um, he, he gets, uh, labeled as the bad guy here because he's foretelling of this, this terrible f- future. But he's like, look, you asked me to tell the future. That's what I saw. Yeah. You know, don't, don't get mad at me. You know, don't shoot the messenger. So for me in this moment, it's him doing the angling to get back to the island. And so I like when they're like, oh, no, no, no. Like we don't need to go back there. I can see that you're just making that up. Right, yeah. So, so I like that. Like, I like Sinbad, and I like the parents in this moment where they're like, oh, I see through you. Right. And so it, at that moment, I'm like, this movie's kind of smart, because I feel like in other movies, they'd get fooled at this point. Exactly. And they just go back because he said this. I'm like, no, 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 right. they know. They know this guy just wants to get back there, and they're not going to be fooled. Right. They see he's trying to manipulate them, yes. and they, uh, they yeah, they're like, no, 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 no. And they throw him out of the city. They're like, you're... They're like, if we see you tomorrow, we're going to gouge out your eyes. Yeah, right. Exactly. Actually, yeah, for a guy who hasn't actually done anything that bad yet, that's pretty rough. Yeah, so they do cast him out. Yeah. Uh, So as hard as he's tried, it's obvious that Sakura is going to need to take like more drastic actions here. For sure. And he does. For sure. He sneaks into the princess's room in the middle of the night and uses a magic gas to shrink her to about four inches tall. Cool. It is cool. So the next day, everybody finds uh, the princess. Her father declares war because of what's happened to her. And um, Sinbad goes right to Sakura for help. Yeah. Right? So I, I like that he didn't go to Sakura and like grab him and start shaking him and be like, what did you do to the princess? Right? right. Because that's not apparent that he did it. Right. Because well, uh, Sakura foretold this fortune to be happening and now it's starting to happen. So yeah. Sinbad's like, oh, this guy... He knew about this, right? Because we asked him. So maybe he can help somehow. Yeah. So. I Yeah. I The more you're talking about it, the more I'm okay with it. Because as they've set it up, Sakura has actually done nothing really wrong to them yet. Um, while I was watching it, I was like, that was my one. That was my one problem. Yeah. Was just like, this guy's angling so hard to get back to this right. island. You already, you already said like he's making something up to get back there. And then all of a sudden, you've seen him turn a lady into a blue snake lady. Yeah. All of a sudden, the princess is small, and he can figure out how to heal her, and it has to do with that island. It's like it's it's very obvious. It's very obvious to us, yeah. the educated viewer, yeah. because we know how movies go. In the first five minutes of this movie, you can kind of peg all the characters and say like, "This is what this person's going to do." Yeah. But if you look back at it, like this was a story from the 1700s. That's introducing these ideas. Yeah. You wouldn't know that Sakura is a bad guy yet. Yeah. Uh, especially since it's in, in a book and you can't really 
visualize or you can't really see what he looks like. I'm For sure. sure. They, I'm well, sure they described what he looked like in the book, but th- that's why I like sitting down and talking to you with it because uh, about it because I I didn't really realize like we are seeing more of Sakura than Sinbad does, and then everybody else does. So we know he's doing bad things, but actually, if I take it from his point of view, he hasn't done anything wrong or evil. No. He's really just. Sinbad's just kind of like, well, no, we can't afford to like bring all those people back to the island, so that's not important. It's not really, he's not saying no because it's evil. He's saying no because it's not an important thing right now. Right. So he might not think that this is the guy that did it. Right. Now, this is actually the point where we do see Sakura actually do something bad for the first time. Yeah. Right. Because he did shrink the princess. So we know. We know. Yeah. And then they go to him the next day and they say, can you help out with this? And he says, I can, but there's only one way to do it and it's yeah. I need to make an antidote but we have to go back to that island yeah. that we were on how convenient yeah. because he needs a shell from the egg of a rock yeah. uh, which is like a giant uh, two-headed bird yeah. he needs um, he's only missing that egg to, to finish the antidote what, so, what is yeah what is actually interesting is that he does need that he does I yeah. find that very like so so when I when when I think about that, then it's like, well, yeah, I think you're right that we don't really need to question him. I mean, like we see him do something wrong, but the hero, like Sinbad, wouldn't necessarily question him at this point. No, because like, he's actually Sinbad not has, even lying. About Sinbad this. has gone to him to help because yeah. he's like a powerful dude. Like yeah. he's got powers, right? So they find the princess shrunk, and they're like, yeah. oh, maybe Sakura can help untring her. Yeah. Right. So Sinbad needs more men for this journey, though. And he he goes to the the criminals of yes. the city and asks for volunteers. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's funny they're all just like, uh, oh. "Fuck you, yeah. man! We'd rather die here than die on your shitty boat." And yeah. like, you're gonna go to an island of monsters and all this stuff. It's pretty funny, but he ends up getting uh, enough to make a full crew compliment. Well, and, and they head to head to the island. And there's one dude in this crowd that keeps putting up his buddy for all the all the stuff. He's like, yeah. oh, my friend uh, Jacob over right. here, he's not afraid of your Cyclops. Right. He's going to go on the boat. Right. And he throws him under the bus a couple times later in the yeah. movie. And they have, that guy's just kind of like, he's uh, always like, I kind of like, okay, the guy, he's challenged me and now I need to like show him that I'm, I I, yeah. I can do it. Like He's always just like, yeah. Show him I'm not afraid. Yeah, like, yeah, I'll do it then. <laughs> It's like he's getting dared, right? Yeah. This guy keeps throwing him under the bus. He, I love him. I like him a lot. Too. I like him a lot, too. Now, Dina, it takes all of two minutes for the criminals to plan a mutiny against Sinbad. Oh, it's immediate. It's, it's so, amazing. Uh, yeah. So awesome. Um, as also, Sinbad is carrying uh, Princess Parisa around in a little container, which yep. I think is really awesome. Yeah, it is In great. his pocket. It's awesome. And he hasn't told anyone that the princess has shrunk. That's like, right. Nobody knows except for him. Right. That's right. And... Um, there's really, really cool effects here. This this might have been one of the things we were alluding oh, to before. This but, was the thing, yeah. Uh, Sinbad and Parisa are having a conversation and he's huge and she's tiny. And he's eating out of a bowl of grapes. Yeah. And then she sits on the side of the bowl and starts like kicking the the grapes around. This is it, Tim. This was, a, this was the best looking scene yeah. in the movie for how well everything looked and what they were able to pull off because yeah. you'd essentially have to have Sinbad eating normal grapes and then you'd have to have the princess sitting on a giant bowl with giant grapes that looked just like real grapes yeah and they did such a seamless job of it it was incredible it was perfect it, it is the moment where I'm sitting there and thinking I know what this movie can do she sits on the side of the bowl I'm like okay I know what's going on here and then she kicks grape yeah, a grape that I've seen him eat and it just 
it, it, a small, tiny moment just yeah. threw me. And I was like, okay, I don't know what to expect now. How did they do that? Yeah, she sits on the side of the bowl and you expect her definitely not to interact with the grapes. Uh, for sure. I expected like a grainy hand to come in and yeah, grab yeah. a grape and like eat it again. Totally, yeah. But no, she just starts playing with the grapes yeah. and moving them around the bowl. It was so neat. Fucking love it, man. I loved that. That was great. Sakura lets Sinbad know that a mutiny is being planned. So here's, an- here's another thing. Like Sakura is helping out. Here, Very right? true, yeah. Now, it's, it's, again, it's only for his own purposes, yeah. right? Like, he wants to get this lamp back. That's all he cares about. So he hears uh, the criminals are planning a mutiny. He goes right to Sinbad. But again, in Sinbad's eyes, so Kura's like on the level. He's like, look, this guy just gave me a heads up that yeah. there's a mutiny. So this guy's this guy's trustworthy. For sure. That That is even another step for him to say, like, even deeper, right? Like, even, okay, he's telling me about this, so he can't have any ill intentions right now because he's helping me out. Yeah. And Sinbad, uh, he's not really concerned because he says all the weapons are locked up. So there's no real problem. Right. <laughs> uh, but the mutiny is on. And um, a couple of mutineers storm into Sinbad's quarters and uh, he gets his chance to show us why he's captain. Oh, totally. He's got all the hot fighting moves. He does have the hot fighting moves. I was, again, uh, very into this moment in the movie where he just started to kick ass. Yeah, he kicked everybody's ass with like yeah. all his like um, uh, the fun 50s movie fights. Totally. Yeah. You know? My favorite is there's this part where they, they fight their way uh, above deck and he's like up a little bit higher and grabs a rope and does like this jump off holding onto the rope to like do a little bit of a circle and kick oh, yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. And the radius of his circle, I, I swear, was no more than like a foot and a half. Right. It was a little saddest little <laughs> jump and circle. Um, I loved it though. So, so great. funny. And and it's like him and this other guy, like there's two of them basically on the same team, just destroying everybody. Yeah. And at this point in the movie, I'm like, I think they're going to beat them all. Like, I, I, they, I don't they think... They were going yeah, to. I was like, they I were. don't think they could actually lose in this fight because they're so good. Right. But uh, what happens is that the head mutineer, he grabs Sakura and is ready to kill him. Mm-hmm. But Sinbad can't let that happen because he needs Sakura's magic to yeah. bring the princess back. So uh, Sinbad gives up. There are some wins near mm-hmm. this island that they're going to. They're going to go past a smaller island. And on this smaller island, it's inhabited by wailing demons, which will drive anyone who hears it mad. Amazing. It is amazing. And what I think is even more amazing is what happens next below deck with Sinbad, Sakura, and a couple other guys is they make homemade earplugs. Yeah. So they won't hear the wailing. It's great. They take... um. They take some cloth and some candle wax. Yeah. They melt the wax onto the cloth and put it in their ears. And it's like, now they're safe from this wailing. I thought that was really ingenious. I think it's really cool, Tim. And because it's it's so old, the movie was from, you know, so long ago. And it's sort of based in time even before that, I, I Did I they imagine. even have cloth in the 50s? <laughs> I don't even I don't know. No, <laughs> I don't know, Tim. But like, it's so much better than a movie now where they just have to put in earplugs to yeah. get past some sort of you know, something that's that they don't need to hear. They had to make it. And it, for me, I'm with you. It's like so cool that they actually came up with a way, even though it's only cloth and wax, it's just two things put together. But this is showing you how smart they are. Yeah. And so like you've seen their fighting, you've seen how smart they are. So at this point, we just like, we love this hero. We love Sinbad. Like he's smart, he's athletic, he's heroic. Right. Um, And I think the cloth part specifically is... uh kind of tells us that, like the intelligence part. 
Yeah, it was a really nice touch, and yeah. I, re- I really liked it because that's not something that I had remembered from any of my previous viewings. Makes sense. Because it was yeah. meaningless to me. Makes sense. But seeing it as an adult, it was like, that's a really cool little thing that they just did there that I never picked up on. So Yeah, and especially like he tried to beat them with his strength, and he got out, like, he got outnumbered. Basically, he lost because they had too many guys, um, so they were able to like corner Sakura. But they can now use their smarts to win. And I, I like the multiple angles of being able to overtake these criminals. Mm-hmm. Outsmarting them. Because we all know criminals are dumb. Well, <laughs> I mean, in this movie they are. They're just meatheads. They are meatheads in this movie. Now, Dean, we're up on the main deck and all of the mutineers are going mad. The whaling is really, really, really annoying. The ship is about to be wrecked on some sharp rocks. Yeah. So they actually decide to free Sinbad so he can help them. And the main mutineer, though, Dean, he seems unaffected by the whaling, which leads me to believe that I think this guy's already mad. Right. It's nothing. He's he's still like level headed. He's still like directing everybody. He's trying yeah. to. The, yeah. The, the whaling's not working on him. No. Um, I am also starting to go mad from the scene at this point. Yeah. The, the, it's like a, it's a pretty long scene. And the wailing is very annoying and intense. But, totally. Um, I'm very happy actually when it ends and they finally get to the island. Yeah. The island of Colossa, I think. The island of Colossa. I don't remember. What is it? The island of Colossa was the name. It's. I, I was excited that we had got back there. Oh, totally. Which is so cool for them just to have this little five minute scene at the beginning of the movie because now we're pumped to get there. Yeah. Um, we would we would probably be pumped if we just had heard about it, but yeah. not as much as if we saw it. Like Ooh. seeing it in the opening is just creates that excitement in us already. We got to see what's there. Exactly. Instead of just like a myth of what's there, we saw what's there. So we're and, excited to get back. Yeah. And I mean, when we say what's there, we mean the Cyclops. But, yeah. but also we know that there's a magic lamp there, right? Which totally. is cool. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's fun so far. Like the bad guy is out to get this magic lamb. Yeah. You know, the good guy's out to save his princess. Yeah. And we're going to an island of monsters. Great. It's fucking awesome. I love it. Yeah, I'm, it is like, fucking so awesome. so fucking cool. And, and the monsters look good. They do. Look, like, they look great. Yeah, we're talking about a movie from 58 and it, the monsters look great. Totally. This is a monster that stuck in my mind when I was a kid. This is my first memory of a movie is this monster. I couldn't do this now. Yeah. I couldn't make these monsters look this good oh, now. Oh, no, no way. No. So they finally get back to the island, Dean, and they unload a giant crossbow. Oh, I forgot about the they, giant crossbow. They bring for defense because yes. they know what's there. So cool. Sokuro gives them plans for a giant crossbow. Yeah. So they unload this crossbow. It's I'm so stoked. Well, I mean, like you mentioned before about this Cyclops, I love the Cyclops as a kid. I loved all the monsters in this movie. You kind of you've known about those like mythological creatures before from stories and stuff like that, but to see them on screen and interacting with people, it was so fun i just definitely loved it so much yeah and and tim to bring it back to the crossbow that is a very Chekhov's gun moment because that's one of the anglings that sakura's doing when he when he gets back with um with sinbad when they when they reach uh where they where were they going baghdad baghdad yeah when they reach baghdad that's what he's angling he's like look i got these plans for a crossbow we can make this crossbow and we can go back and defeat the cyclops so what's the reason for that? What's the reason for showing them? We're going to bring that crossbow with us this time. It's very much that. Chekhov's mm-hmm. gun. Mm-hmm. I wish they had toys for this movie. I really do. Definitely. Me too. Um, 
I would have died as a kid to have like a Cyclops and um, some of the other stuff in this movie. I want it now. I want it I, now I, because I bet it now like, too, yeah. that is my first movie memory. I want that Cyclops. I, I'm actually so excited that I was able to find, like that you were able yeah. to suggest this movie and I was able to find this right. movie because it's been in my mind since I've been a kid. Yeah. And I kind of just gave up on looking for it. I want that toy so bad. Yeah, me too. Okay. So all the toy producers out there listening, yeah. here's your shot. Make the toys. Goat legs. Sell them. Cyclops. Yeah, and then I guess we won't spoil anything, but there's more coming. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned for more amazing toys you could make and make a million dollars off of. And I will buy them all. So will I. Yeah. Hopefully we get them for free, though. That'd be great. Because it's our idea. That'd be great. Yeah. We should just make the toys ourselves. <laughs> maybe. Just gotta maybe buy the license. Do yeah. Let's do that. That's a way better idea. Yeah. Remind me to edit all that stuff out. Talking back merch coming up. <laughs> We'll just do it ourselves. So Kura says they need to split into two groups. He obviously wants to split up into two groups for his own agenda. Oh, yeah. Right? But is- his, like, his excuse, and Sinbad <laughs> kind of calls him on it. It's like, why do you want to split into two groups? And he's just like, it's in case one group gets caught. Right. Then the other group can free them. Yeah. He's like, in case one group gets caught, they can scream to the other group and the other group can come free them. It's such a blatant it's so bad. Like, bullshitting yeah. to bullshitting. get Sinbad to go away so this guy can go and do his own shit. Oh, he's just like, okay, yeah, yeah, that island that has that egg, it also has the lamp. And when we get to the part where we got to get the egg, I think we should split up. Yeah. I'm not going for the lamp. I promise. No, I'm not, I promise you. I'm, not I'm going for the that. egg. I'm just taking the long way. Yeah, and something you don't really uh, learn until a little bit later is that um, Sokura's, like, lair, like, his castle is on this island. Like, this is his home base. This is where he resides. I didn't even know that. No? No. Oh, that's because later on we get to his his lair, right? Oh, yeah, I guess so. I never even really thought about that. But this, that is like is, his, this is like his home. That makes sense. I thought just so, all that shit was there and he just like do what to do no, with everything. No, no, no. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, where he is. Sense. So totally it's like th- another reason why he wants to get back to the island. Yeah. Like he's just he's just trying to get home. Yeah. <laughs> really, right? <laughs> like he's been, taken, yeah. he's been taken by Sinbad on this boat to Baghdad. And he's like, hey, everybody, we should go back to this island yeah. to, to get this magic lamp. But really, he's just like, I need to get home. Yeah. Like, <laughs> also, I'd like to sleep in my own bed <laughs> <Yeah>. tonight. <laughs> Any boats going in this direction? Because I'm lost. Yeah. <laughs> Not a place. Oh, uh, I feel for him now. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Sakura sends Sinbad's group into the Valley of the Cyclops. Great. Yeah, that's going to take him to where the the rock live, right? And uh, they're, they're all going to meet on the other side at sunset. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. Um, very, very sinister music in this valley. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely getting a very uh, unsafe feeling here. Yeah. It's called the Valley of the Cyclops. Yeah. It's very large. Like, it looks like a place where a lot of Cyclops would go. It's so beautiful, though. I always love this moment. Maybe my favorite moment in the movie as a kid, just seeing them all kind of like start walking into this beautiful valley with like a river, mountains, and trees, and everything is really nice. Yeah. It's probably um, like the, the, um, maybe largest landscape moment in the yeah. movie where you can see the furthest and right. see how big everything is. Yeah. yeah. Can get yeah it is very sure. big. Like, it's yeah. no, it's, there's no reason. No question why the Cyclops would choose that as the like, oh, yeah. their place to reside, right? It's yeah. just this massive, like, large, wide-open, beautiful area. Definitely. Um, but Sinbad's group, they come upon a giant club with spikes. Oh, and yeah. it's right beside some traps with human skeletons in them. So this looks like the, um, perhaps the Cyclops, like, 
kitchen. Oh yeah, or like yeah. staging area for uh, definitely for for his meals. I definitely let out a like, oh shit, when I saw that big club. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh, that thing is, looks dangerous. Yeah. If someone's big enough to wield that thing, look out. Yeah. So Sinbad's team end up finding a cave full of treasure, and they all start collecting as much as they can. But the Cyclops comes back. It captures them and locks them all up in a cage. This part looks really good. It does, yeah. This is the most a Cyclops interacts with humans, and it picks, picks up like picks five them of up. Them yeah, picks them up, them puts them in cages. Cage, yeah. And cool. I was looking, like I was just specifically looking at it. I mean, I'm not like it's 58. I'm not judging it as hardcore as I can. It looks great though. Like there, are, when it when it has when the Cyclops has a man, the man is stop motion as well. Um, so that they can kind of work together and it looks really good like there mm-hmm. isn't really many moments where i'm like that just doesn't look real like it looks solid uh sakura he comes to see what's happening and what's happening is the cyclops is cooking one of the dudes rotisserie style this might be my favorite sakura moment yeah when he just like he's sneaking He's just got like, yeah. but like he's being seen. Well, he knows what he sent <laughs> yeah. them to, right? He, he, he knows, knows exactly what, he what he did. He's, pro- he's hoping they get killed. He really. just straight up ignores everything that anyone is yelling at him. Yeah. And I think it's great. Yeah. Th- dude, uh, this this guy getting cooked, though, was so fucking annoying. Oh, I know. He's yeah. like, Sinbad, Sinbad, help me, help me, Sinbad, help me. He wouldn't stop. Sinbad, Sinbad, help me. He's just wailing, help me, help me. And it's like, dude. Sinbad is locked up in that fucking cage Sinbad's over there that you were just cage. locked in that you yeah. couldn't get out of. What's Sinbad gonna do? <laughs> totally. I was, I was like yelling at my thing. I was yelling at my TV there. I was too. I was like, he's in the fucking cage, like do whatever you can on your yeah. own. He's next. He didn't so, get you out yeah. earlier. Yeah. And I don't think he can get you out now. But here's the interesting thing, Dean. Mm-hmm. He can get them out. He can. He can because he's, he's got the princess in his pocket. And I forgot. I forget at this moment, like yeah. that he has the princess. This is a great. Yeah. This is and it's very like this is one of the things I love in movies now, where they show you something early, then they take it away for so long that you forget that it can be something in the movie, right? And then they bring it back right at that moment. This is this is the first time, maybe like the earliest movie where I've seen that. Yeah. Where they bring they show you the princess small and they you forget about her and they don't bring her back until she's needed and it's like this big moment where you're like, yes, of course she can help. Right. And she does. They they pull her out, and um, he's like, "You nobody can speak of what you're about to see." Yeah, and he pulls cool. Her out and uh, asks her to uh, like pick the lock for them. Yeah. So she does. She lets them out, and uh, while all this is going on, this is Sokura's moment to go into the Cyclops treasure and yeah. find the lamp. Right. So he uh, he finds the lamp, and um, coming up the cliff, Dean. Are are the other group of guys who Sakura was with, right? But he had asked them to stay put while he could go and try to get this lamp. Yeah. Now, uh, he left them at a forbidden river, and he told them no one should drink out of it, for if you do, you will immediately be poisoned and die. And th- this is another scene with your buddy there, That's who's my like kite um, man here. <laughs> yeah, where they're all like, um, like they're all dying of thirst, right? yeah. and they've got this beautiful looking river in front of them. And uh, the, the, that one guy is like, this guy's uh, good to, tr- to try out the water. <laughs> Jacob's right? not Aren't you good? Aren't you, you? You'll try it out, right? And then this guy's just like, oh, you, are you daring me to try out the water? And then <laughs> sure enough, he starts drinking from it. And then they all start drinking from yeah. it. They love it. It's basically wine. It's wine, yeah. It's like the river's red. Yeah. Like wine. And they start drinking it. And it turns out to be wine. Yeah. None of them. Like, <laughs> I guess it's kind of interesting because none of them immediately die. No. But what happens is... They all come like stumbling over the hill here. Yeah. 
where the Cyclops is. Yeah. And um, they're all fucking hammered. They're yeah. just, they're drunk as shit. And uh, Sakura is getting chased by the Cyclops now. All hell's breaking loose. And these drunk dudes come stumbling. And they're all just like, mom, they're just like, yeah. uh, hey, hey, uh, <laughs> and you're talking, they're just like, and they're all like kind of walking they're their way over. targets, man. Yeah, yeah. But they, they start fighting back. They're oh, like, totally. they're tossing a couple of yeah. uh, spears. And then the Cyclops picks up a tree and is just squashing these drunk dudes it. one one after another. I love the so tree squashes. They all get killed. Yeah. I, I kind of liked it because uh, of Sokura's foreshadowing of like, look, if you drink right. from here, you're going to die. Yeah. And basically what he's saying is like, it's alcohol. Yeah. You need to be sharp on this island. You can't be drunk on the island. So if you get drunk, you're going to die. Right. Um, that's just the way he he made it sound. It was like, if, as, if this hits your lips... You'll die. You'll immediately die. Yeah, because so you need to have your wits about you here. Yeah, interesting I like that. How, how I never really thought out. about that. I like that a lot. So I like that they did all get squished by the tree. Right. It was. It fun. was really cool. It was a fun, fun moment. Yeah, a bunch fun. of drunks like trying to fight a cyclops and they just get they get tree smashed. Yeah. Like, one after another. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fun. It looked pretty good. It did look good. Yeah. 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 Um, what's happening for me here though um, is a little bit problematic, and it's this this classic like. Or like I don't know, I'll say 1950s, but uh, it's just because what we know with creature in this movie. But I'm sure it happened earlier. It's this monster theme, this monster music, which is always so fucking loud and so yeah. fucking annoying. And the same thing over and over and over again. Right. And like you mentioned already, this blue Blu-ray was loud. It's loud. The music it's so is loud. loud. I mean, like the talking is quiet and the music is loud. So you just like turn it so loud right. to hear the talking, and then this. Muse, annoying music comes oh, in it's like oh my goodness dude, can I, I'm just hitting the so mute hard. button <laughs> yeah. I know I'll, I'll see if I can like somehow find some and yeah. edit it in but I'm like I'm wishing so hard at this point that I had some cloth and wax oh. <laughs> to stuff in my ears totally Tim because it's so oh, bad it would have been so good I couldn't yeah. wait for it to end it was way too I'm long I'm with you I'm just, glad you brought it, it hurt, up because I did not like it it hurt um, so Sinbad though uh, our hero he's able to burn the Cyclops eye with a torch and then as it's kind of blinded, he's able to lead it to a cliff where it falls to his death. Oh, shit. Yeah. And the music is finally over, Dean. Yeah. And I can go back Cyclops to- Cyclops is dead. I can go back to living my life again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sinbad now has a hold of the magic lamp, though, and won't let yeah. Sakura have it. Yeah. Which is a good call. Yeah. Because he kind of uh, realizes something might be up here. He's got some bad feeling in his gut. Yeah. Well, at this point, um, he has been in a cage and Sakura has been right outside that cage. And he's been like, Sakura, let us out. And he's just kind of like ignored him. Well, there's and a just cyclops. Right past there was him. a cyclops running around, like killing people. But he was right beside the cage and he just yeah. kind of snuck by it. Yeah. Um, so our team, um, they all kind of, the cyclops is dead. So they're all free of the cage and they start scaling some cliffs on the way to find the rock egg. And they get to the top and they find this giant egg. So Kura says they should keep going higher up because they'll be able to find some eggs that have already hatched. Well, that seems smart. That's For sure, yeah. Idea. And I'm really down with this point because I, I feel like we're getting to, we're still getting the egg. Like we haven't just abandoned that part of getting the egg. It right. wasn't just a ploy to get to the island. Like we're still trying to collect that egg. So I, I like that we're going on with that point. Mm -hmm. uh, two of the team though are tired of climbing. Yeah. <laughs> and they would rather have some breakfast. Yeah. So they start breaking this egg open. Right. But what comes out is this, like a, it's a baby rock. They wanted an egg and instead they got some chicken. Yeah, I know. It's, it, they must be just like <laughs> so happy. They were, yeah. 
Sinbad is talking to Parisa about the lamp and Sakura and like how he really wants it. And they don't really know what's going on. They're kind of suspecting him a little bit here. She says she could fit into the lamp because she's tiny, right? Yes. So she actually goes into the lamp to speak with the genie. This was such a cool scene. One of my favorite parts, Tim. It's just so like, cool. These are the types of things as yeah. a kid you you think with your imagination. Yes. Like, oh, I, what, what would it be like to go into the genie's lamp? Like, what does it look like in there? What's the living uh, environment like? Parisa goes in there and she meets the little genie and they're both the same size. And it's yeah. like this really cool like set that they've created. And yeah, they get her to like slide into it still. Yeah. Like she starts sliding and then they cut to the set and she's sliding into sliding, it. And it yeah. looks really cool. Like it, again, it was a moment where I'm like, this looks better than it should. Like yeah. this looks great. Yeah, it was really good. Um, so she's talking to the genie. Uh, the genie says that uh, he would love one day to return to the real world, but someone needs to call him by his name. His name's Baroni. Yeah. And uh, Parisa says that if he'll help them mm-hmm. right now, that she'll do her best to help him later. And uh, all she wants to know is she wants to know the magic words that will call him from the lamp. Yeah. So he tells her. Yeah, he yeah. tells her the words are, from the land beyond beyond, from the world past hope and fear, I bid you, genie, now appear. For me, this is a really cool moment um, because – the words have already been spoken. They've been spoken already by someone else. So we have heard them before, but Sinbad and the princess don't know. They don't know how to use the genie. They don't know how to get the genie out. So she goes down into the lamp and like reasons. Well, it just talks with him, just as nice to him to try to figure out those words. And I, again, a moment that I don't think needs to be like, they didn't have to add into the movie, but add so much to the movie. They could have just forced it out of, um sakura they could have just there could have been another way to get those words but i love that she goes down in gets them from him on like a friendly basis so that he's okay with them using him later right and i like that he's hesitant too because totally like, yeah this I, I don't know if i want to tell you the words because this is such a then huge you're my master. power yeah he's just like there's so much power involved with this yeah. lamp that i don't know if i trust you i don't know if i can tell you the words but yeah um he ends up doing it now back to the cliff, the mother rock has returned to the site of her young one being cooked over an open flame. Uh, and she's, nope. she's none Fuck too that, pleased. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really, really cool looking uh, creature model here though. Giant. Very cool. Giant now two-headed bird who's fighting yeah. and killing these guys. One of the best looking. I mean, they all look great, but this that was, is was one of the best. One yeah. of the best looking ones. It's really good. Now uh, this next scene here, like Sinbad ends up losing the lamp. So Kura is fighting with it. Uh, fighting for it with another guy yeah. ends up killing that guy. This this guy who gets killed ends up throwing it back to Sinbad first. But Sinbad gets captured by the rock, he mm. gets knocked out, and he gets placed in the nest of the rock. Right. And he's got the lamp. And Sakura is able to capture the princess, right. the mini princess. Yeah. For me, Dean, this is the point in the movie where Sakura goes full evil. Yeah. Because now he's murdered a guy. Right. right. Like we've seen him kill a dude to get the lamp this is this is his act of this is for me where he's now officially the bad guy he no longer just has an agenda to get back to his like home island where he can get a lamp that he wants like it's no longer just manipulating people it is now murdering i wonder if there wasn't enough wax in his cloth maybe 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 he went mad mad, possibly here i don't know i never thought about that before i just I haven't either. Kind of I, thought about I that feel like he's now. going to just do as much as he can. He like, did seem to go a little bit, start to go a little bit over the edge here, though, after they got off that boat. But I'm sure that's not the case, but it is interesting. I do feel like once he hits the island, he's way worse than what he was before. He is, but yeah. it could be just he's so close. Yeah. But also, yeah, maybe he didn't have enough wax. 
Yeah, who knows? We don't know how those earplugs work. Don't know. Uh, Sinbad wakes up in the nest and there's no one around. So he calls out the genie and asks where Parisa is. And the genie tells him that she's with Sokura in Sakura's cave. Yeah. Now, Dean, I feel like Sinbad probably could have figured this one out for himself. You don't really need to call it the genie to ask like I was, where they are. It's like he already knows yeah. there's a cave at the foot of the mountain, right? Uh, he knows Sakura is still alive. The princess is still alive. Maybe don't like waste the genie request on that. Like I was slightly confused here. If you're going to do anything, be like, yeah. take me to Sokura and exactly. Parisa. But it's like, he's like so... I don't know. He's taking advantage of that lamp a little bit. Yes. He wakes up like, oh, where, where's everybody? Yeah. Oh, man, my head hurts. Where's ev- Hey, genie, where is everybody? I was like, come on, dude. Like, go look at, go fucking to the bottom of yeah. the mountain where you, your plan was to go to the top of the mountain to get the egg and then go back to the bottom to go into this guy. Why don't you check there? Totally. I, I felt the same way. I actually rewound it to hear the question again. Oh, yeah. Because at this point, it was like, okay, he's using the genie. He's going to get like, he's going to be brought right to where she is. And then yeah. he just asks yeah. where she where, is. Where is Everybody. What is going like what? Wait, what? Yeah, that's a bit weird. <laughs> that's your use of the genie? Yeah. I was like, I don't think I understand the genie. <laughs> yeah. Luckily for the genie, that was something he was able to do. Was <laughs> yeah, like, oh, there's like the foot of the one. cliff. Yeah. yeah. So now we finally get to uh the lair of Sokura. Ooh. We haven't mentioned how cool this guy's name is, by the way. Sokura. It's great. I love it. I would say I didn't know it until you said it here really? on the podcast, but okay. that's because I mean I don't know. It was the first. It was the first time I'd seen that movie in a while. Well, I mean, as an adult, for yeah. sure. Like, probably the last time I saw it, I was four or yeah. five, just watching you right. watch it on VHS, and it was hard for me to pick up the names other than Sinbad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great name though. Mm, yeah, I like it. They call him it quite a bit. It's really. I was probably weird. just thinking sorcerer, magician. Like, yeah, that was probably just what was in my head. Yeah. But we uh, we encounter now what Sokura mentioned that he has to protect himself from the Cyclops. And it is a sweet-ass fire-breathing dragon. It is a sweet-ass fire-breathing dragon. Now, Dean, the model for this dragon was actually a little bit bigger than the other models. This one was about three feet long. Okay. And uh, to get the, like, the fire-breathing action yeah. that it has, yeah. Harryhausen actually shot a flamethrower 40 feet into the air. And then superimpose that video near the dragon's mouth awesome. to make that look. It looks good. It does look good. Yeah, uh, I I love this dragon. This I like the dragon a lot, and I like the dragon's use, like how they use it. Yeah. In, in the lair, um, yeah. and how Sinbad, you know, figures out how to get past it and how to use it. I, I liked it a lot. I think the dragon. It's very simple. Yeah, the dragon is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, creature oh. when I was younger, I really loved the dragon. I would agree. Yeah, I mean Cyclops. Cyclops is cool. Because that's my memory. Cyclops, I'm going to say, is my number one, but yeah. Dragon's my number two, for sure. I really like that dragon. Um, yeah, you mentioned that um, like he learns how to get past the dragon. It's, yeah. it's actually like a really cool idea. So it really is. The genie actually tells him how to do it yeah. without asking. Basically, the dragon is guarding this uh, large cave, right? But he's got a chain around his neck. There's like There's something on the side of the cave, like a wheel or something, that you can turn to tighten the chain on the dragon, which pulls the dragon closer to the wall. Yeah. And then basically pins it to the wall where you can kind of just sneak past it and it's uh, you're not in range of it. Yeah. And then on the other side, you can loosen it so that it's guarding again. Yeah. Really neat idea. I've, I've never never really seen anything like that before. No, I feel like that is really good storytelling. Like if you're going to set up this dragon in this lair, again, there's got to be a reason. Like there's, it's so it's it's 
the guardian, right? It's like right. blocking anyone from coming in. So there's got to be a way that Sinbad can get around it and a way that needs to be smart that he can also maybe put it back to where it was, you know, like I, yeah. I find it very smart. I find all these little parts in the movie shock me that it's so well thought out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that part. Uh, now we're in Sokura's lair. It's very, very cool. It's basically like this, this sweet ass, like 50s monster castle. Yes. But it's under a mountain. It's like yes. in the mountain under uh it's almost like the whole mountain's been excavated in yeah. a way on the inside. Because yeah. you just go into this cave and it just opens up and there's giant stairwells and like huge columns and stuff like that. It's a real, real cool set. Yeah, as as people who like read comic books, like this is definitely a bad guy's lair. Like oh, yeah. this is what we want to see when we open up a comic book and get to the bad guy's lair. It looks so cool. Yeah, um, some beautiful matte paintings for 58 as well. Oh, yes, definitely. Now, Sinbad finds his way in and demands Sokura restores Parisa. Mm-hmm. And Sokura prepares the antidote. Yes. And they've done this a few times in the movie so far, but they have the most amazing smoke in this movie. I know. It's like so like rich and it's always like a different color and there's so much of it and because yes. they're using it as like uh the po- potions in ways or yeah. like magic that if you smell the smoke something's going to happen to you i i really really liked it, it oh totally really something that has really really stuck out to me when i was watching is smoke like the yeah. smoke game on this movie it oh it, it and different colors like it's not just no it's so strange it's why it's so vibrant good. it's the yeah. most colorful thing in the movie it's like, it, for some reason the smoke pops yeah. so much and honestly, we haven't said it yet, but the colors in this movie do really look good. Yeah, like, I noticed that do. right away. Like, right away from going, like, on Sinbad's boat and going sort of down into the princess's room. It's like, the colors look good. I like yeah. how everything is sort of matching with it, with each other. Yeah. Um, now, we finally get the princess back to her natural state here. Mm-hmm. So the, the magic smoke has worked. Yeah, she was small for a long time. Most of the movie. Most of the movie. Sinbad now has to give Sakura the genie because that was the deal. He's like, make the princess large again and I'll give you the the, the, the genie and the yeah. lamp. But he doesn't do it. Now he says he wants to wait until they're on the ship. Now that's a bit of a dick move because yep. he had a deal with Sakura. Yeah. Uh, I get it. Like, I get it though. Like, he's definitely getting, get he's getting the vibes from but, Sakura. Yeah. He wants to be safe. And like, this sketchy guy, don't just give him the lamp right away. But you know, Sinbad kind of goes back on his deal here. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Sakura's, he's had enough. He's had enough though. And he makes a skeleton fall from the ceiling and it looks like Sakura's controlling it. Like he's concentrating and yeah. trying to make it move. Um, he's concentrating so hard, Dean, that he went cross-eyed. Did you notice that? <laughs> I did notice that. That's yeah. Pretty funny. I mean, he has to, to animate that skeleton. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And that skeleton is probably the clearest looking thing in the movie. Yeah. Like, cause it's, it's animation. It must be right. Or is it a stop motion? Um, I thought it was animation because it looks so clear. Like, especially on the Blu-ray, it kind of stands out that it's so clear. No, I think it's all stop motion. Wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there was any just like traditional yeah. animation yeah. in this movie. Right. That was a very um, successful part, though. Very uh, successful. Very good. So, I actually, when you throw on the Blu-ray, they show a little bit of that scene, like a yeah. very brief amount. And I was thinking, oh, I wonder what this is going to look like when we get to it. Very successful, very good sword fight, like very good choreography with between like an actor sword fighting with something that's not there yep. back in 58. It There's really nothing that I look at and say, 
that didn't work. Like it, no. it all really works. Yeah, it was really good. Like they start off in a room and they're smashing things yeah. in the room. Yeah, uh, throwing things at each, the uh-huh. skeletons, throwing things at them. Um, they end up moving outside of the room into like a larger hall. They start climbing up a spiral staircase and yeah. fighting on the staircase. They actually reverse positions on the yeah. staircase, which yeah. is like really would be really hard to do. It's and, one of my favorite moments. This yeah. fight. Yeah. It, well, it was a crowd pleaser because I know that for the next movie that they did. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, the Eighth Voyage of no, Sinbad? No, I, I don't think there – it was like maybe the Golden Voyage of Sinbad, I think okay. it was called. But they uh, had a whole scene of skeletons fighting on a ship. Ah, cool. Uh, okay. So it was like, it was a, like a, trial, a mutiny yeah, from ske- yeah, okay. skeletons. Yeah. But, uh, it, it was cool. But Sinbad ends up getting the uh, upper hand on the skeleton. Yeah, yeah for sure. And that's good. I, yeah. was, I was worried. I, I actually I worried, was a little worried. worried. Buddy Sinbad. The skeleton's pretty good. The skeleton was good. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the skeleton's dead, and so Kura can uncross his eyes now. <laughs> yeah, not thank goodness. Because <laughs> you know if you do that too long, I know, you're cross-eyed forever. Cross-eyed forever, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Sinbad and Parisa, they're, they're racing out of the cave, uh, and Sakura's running back into, into his lair further, mm-hmm. and he's got this crystal ball that he's used a few times. Oh, yeah. And this is cool because he's like, he uses the crystal ball to see where they are, yeah. and he sees that they're running across this bridge. And he smashes his crystal ball, which ends up destroying the bridge. I love it. It was that was a really neat thing. I really, really liked that part. I the crystal ball gives me like Wizard of Oz vibes, you know, just looking at something like looking at what other people are doing. But then when he smashes it, you know, it's it's a new dimension to it. It's like I can see where they are, but also I can influence where right. they are. But I, I lose my crystal ball. He loses his crystal ball. But it's but worth it because if you get the genie, you can just wish for a new crystal it, ball. Right, right, and he'll just be like. Um, yeah, I'll, I, try, my I'll best. try my best. I hope it doesn't come out as a cube. Yeah. Crystal cube, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I made a cubed rock for you. I'm a little boy. <laughs> it's my first week on the job. Yeah. I'll get better. Oh, I've got genie. I like that genie. That genie. So now the bridge is broken, so they can't escape. But they've got the lamp, Dean, so they rub the lamp, and uh, mediocre genie comes out. And... Uh, yeah, they, they ask uh, if um, the, the genie can help them pass the bridge. Yeah. And uh, he tries his hardest, Dean, yeah. and he manages to get them a rope that yeah. they can swing across with. Honestly, right? Tim, this is probably my favorite moment. Yeah, that he it's, gets them a rope? It's my favorite genie moment because he's, again, you're like, he's like, I'll try my best. I'll do my, I'll try my hardest. And he gets like something that's so regular and they still have to do a lot of work to get yeah. across that I'm just like oh man he really is trying as hard as like he really doesn't have a lot of power the, the more we're talking about it and the more I'm thinking about it yeah. like that would be the head of a 10 year old boy yeah right you, like, if you totally. ask a 10 year old yeah. okay pretend you're a genie here's a problem there's a giant cyclops coming at you yeah. what do you do oh maybe how about an invisible force, force field, field? Yeah. okay that works For okay sure. then like yeah. Um, a bridge has been broken. Yeah. There's, you need to get to the other side of a cliff. There's lava underneath you. What do you do? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you swing across Rope. with ropes. Actually, yeah. um, I'm giving it a lot of shit here, but I kind of like it. I'm starting I like to it. really, yeah. really like it actually. Yeah. And like I'm saying, this rope moment is where I really understand where before it was like, oh, maybe that's what the genie does. Maybe, yeah. maybe genies would put up force field. But at this moment, I'm like, oh, it's a kid. Right. And this is what a kid's thinking right. in this moment. He's like, yeah, rope. Let's do the rope. Yeah. I really like that, actually. Yeah, it's good. I'm liking it now. So 
Uh, they uh, they swing across to the other side, and Parisa here she thinks she knows what she has to do to free the genie. Oh yeah, uh, because he had, he he had told, told her, her some yeah some yeah. sort of like rhyme or riddle, yeah. and it kind of ended with like um, something with like burning and fire or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Throw me into the lava. <laughs> yeah, so she takes like a real big real big chance. This is here. a she, swing, man. She throws the genie's lamp into the lava <laughs> with below. him in it. Yeah, and oh dude, is Sakura gonna be pissed? Hey? Gonna be so pissed. This is what this guy was living so for. So fucking pissed, man. What uh, a nice thing, though, that if she really 100% believes that that's what to do, that's good. It's good that she throws it in. She wants to free that genie. Sure. I don't think there was a, quite enough evidence to like, I would like agree. this is what I need to do. Tim, I would agree. Because it was a riddle. I know. Like, she's like, oh, here's lava. All of a sudden, uh, this is what we should do is throw it into the burning <laughs> lava because yeah. in his rhyme, the word fire was in it. <laughs> it's like, it's light like, the boy on fire. <laughs> yeah. She was taking a big, like a big leap there. She took a big there. swing. She took a big swing, but. Uh, f- it's okay. It's, yeah. it's 58. I mean. It's, uh, yeah. One of the small. It's going to work. Problems. Yeah. Spoilers. It's going to work out. Um, so Sinbad and Parisa, they sneak past the dragon again. They oh, do, yeah. They do the. They do the thing. They do the thing. The to, wheel. To, to, get out, uh, to get out again. They race outside, but guess who's waiting for them? another cyclops oh yeah and uh sinbad decides to free the dragon dean and we get a monster fight this is the best Our monster first fucking, fucking monster, monster fight, fight yeah. in the movie i'm awesome. so yes. into it um I'm so into it the cyclops has taken more of your like mma type approach here yeah, totally yeah he's punching yeah and like grabbing Ground and, pound. and going for takedowns <laughs> yeah and the dragon is relying on like one of the only things you're not allowed to do which is biting right yeah. he's just biting and uh it was a really great fight yeah but um if there, tim if there were action figures if there were toys this is the fight oh, that's dear. happening with me on my floor totally. when i'm a kid every single saturday so much every fun. saturday i'm having that fight so much fun uh the dragon is able to get the upper hand though dean and finishes off the cyclops yeah and i'm sad I'm sad for yeah, the Cyclops. I was sad too. That's the second Cyclops to die, and uh, I know I like them so much that I, just, I do. I, I didn't like it too much. But. I was I was sad too, and like um, I, I talk about best friends a lot. Uh, who could be a best friend in this movie? I feel like it could only be Cyclops. Cyclops, yeah, he was. He's the, kind of best friend material in this movie. The Cyclops didn't really do anything wrong the cyclops yeah. is being like taken advantage of yeah you know, people keep stealing his stuff from him i know and he just tries to get it back i just want to hug the guy yeah and then he finds food and he just tries to eat his food yeah but and he then, doesn't get a meal no he gets thrown off a cliff <laughs> yeah he's misunderstood for yes, sure yes all of the cyclops i like cyclops uh dean there's no time to be sad though because sakura is leading the dragon through the valley of the cyclops after sinbad oh yeah sinbad's on the way back to the boat yeah. sakura's chasing um, Sinbad gets to the shore and he says, get the crossbow ready. So it's another thing here. We've, we've, we've all forgotten about the crossbow. Yep. Uh, now they have it just when they need it. Right? Oh, you got 100%. The I forgot about the crossbow by this moment. Yeah. yeah. But I like how uh, it was Sokura's idea to create the crossbow for protection against the Cyclops. But now it's being used against his dragon. Amazing, Tim. So they wind it up and they shoot it into the dragon's shoulder. Yeah. And the dragon falls over. And kills Sokura, lands on top of him and awesome. kills Sokura. I love it. That's cool. Yeah. Now Sinbad and the crew make it to the man boat to get back to their big boat. And the dragon just kind of ends up like passing out and dying on the shore. Now now I also feel a little sad for the dragon. Oh, <laughs> all definitely. My, all my favorite characters are now dying in this movie. For sure. So yeah. uh, I, I love these types of creatures in yeah. movies. And I just, I hate the way that these ones were treated in this, in this totally. movie. Totally. They, they didn't all, have to die. All of the stop motion creatures are all my favorite. Yeah, me too. Like, and I don't want them to, I don't want to see them. I don't want him to be hit with that crossbow. I want the crossbow to be used, but not 
yeah. to kill him, you know? Yeah. 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 Definitely this time around. Uh, yeah. I mean, the creatures were always my favorite. This For time sure. around, yeah. I was really digging on Sakura. I really liked mm-hmm. like his story. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I wasn't like too up on the heroes, the actual heroes in the story. What's this, interesting this time around. Yeah. What's interesting is I was, I was with that as well. Like I was, I was big on the monsters and also big on Sakura. I just really like that guy. Yeah, like, that's he's, why, cool. that's, he's really cool. Yeah, that's why I mentioned ahead of time, like, I feel like Sinbad needs, like, a little tweaking or something. I mean, he's done everything to prove that he's the hero. You know, he's done the fighting, he's done the he's intelligence, he's the hero, he's doing the heroic things, but he's so forgettable for me. Like, Sakura is so memorable for me. Yeah. Sinbad's also a bit of an a-hole in this movie. I know. He's he a little is. bit of, like, this, like, a narcissist. I didn't really like him too much. Yeah. So, Parisa, they're on the boat now, and yeah. Parisa says she'll never forget their little friend, Baroni. And then Baroni swings in on a rope. Great. And because uh, she she freed him yeah. by throwing the lamp in the lava. Yes. And then she summoned him by using his name. Yes. And he is going to be the new cabin boy on the boat. And you know what he's fucking great at? Being cabin boy. Yeah. He's already done the chores he's supposed to do. He's already prepared the, the room right. that he's supposed to. He's great at being a cabin boy. And he already brought all of the Cyclops treasure on board <laughs> right. as well. I forgot about that. <laughs> the boat's full of treasure. Yes. And now, Dean, everyone on the ship is happy. And they all sail off into happiness. It's great. And it's over. It's a good movie. I'm like, I like that we broke it down um, in such detail because you set up things that I, I didn't quite realize were set up in the movie. Like I didn't quite realize that they, they did so much set up and that they made us forget about things that they brought back later. Right. It's actually structured very well. It's written very well. Yeah, It's a very strong story. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. It holds up nowadays. It's, it's definitely fun. If you want to be nitpicky about stuff, it's going to be like the way it looks visually because it's so old. Like it just doesn't, it's not all that great looking, but that adds a lot to the movie. Just having it, it look great, like yeah. that, you know, it doesn't, not everything needs to be like fine tuned and, you know. I think it looks fantastic. I think like with the, with all the, the monsters, all the stop motion, all the, the colors, as I mentioned before, I think it looks fantastic. Um, the only problem I had was sort of them trusting Sakura early on in the story, but I think we talked that out where. Yeah. Really, the main characters don't have any reason not to trust him. Right. He hasn't really done anything evil. We just have seen him do like a, a one or two things at that moment. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I think it's great. I think it's tight. I think it's a solid movie. Looks good. Great story. I, I, I think in, the talk, in talking it out, I realized how well it's written, mm-hmm. which I didn't really know that coming into this. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, let's do what if... So, Dean. Yes, Tim. My what if for you is, what if you had a magic lamp and only one wish? Right? What would it be? And you can't do this bullshit where I wish for more wishes. Oh, yeah. You can't do that out the window. Okay. Uh, I have one question. Yeah. Is Baroni my genie? No. Okay. It's just someone who's competent at being a genie. Yeah, just let's say a a normal. Unless you want Baroni to be your genie. I like Baroni, um, but I don't think he can do very much. He's not going to probably deliver on your wish. So no, let's just say you have a magic lamp. Baroni is not in it because he's a cabin boy now. Yeah. Uh, you got a, a magic lamp that actually works. Wow. What do you wish for? This is really hard. One this wish, really dude. hard, Tim. <laughs> it's really hard to, to get this question on the spot. Yeah, I know, right? Um, okay. I'm putting you to the test. You are putting me to the test. Um, 
You must have thought about this before. I, I don't think I have. I don't think I have thought Go about this Go back to before. little seven-year-old, eight-year-old Dean. Oh, well, This question probably came up a bunch. Yeah, eight-year-old Dean um, is going to wish for something far different than I would probably now. Um, okay, this is this is tough. Um, don't, don't, don't throw like a world piece at me either. Like, that's not what I was going to do. Let's do a fun one. Give me yeah. a fun wish. Yeah, I mean, like we, we had a lot of fun with Friday the 13th. This one's been a little more serious. So we got to do something fun for what if. Let's see. I don't... Oh. You better not screw this up. I know. I feel so <laughs> much pressure. Oh, my goodness. Do you want me to go first? There's so much pressure. No. I don't... I, I had time to prepare, but it didn't take me long. I... I, I Here's the It problem. took me about five seconds to know what I wanted. Here's the problem. One wish. Like, I, I'm the type of person that when I make a decision, I'm like, was that the wrong one? Did I do the wrong thing? Is there other things out there? You want Jurassic Park to be real. Oh, no. No, it's still a little oh, too Oh, you want dangerous. all the open water in the world to be gone. <laughs> That's close. <laughs> That's close. That's closer than Jurassic Park being real. Um, one wish. Okay. Okay. I've got it. This is going to be weird. This is going to be weird. One wish. Yep. I wish I was a professional athlete. Yeah? Yeah. That would be my one wish. Okay. What sport? This is going to be weird. Yeah. Tennis. That's not weird. I don't have to rely on other teammates. It's just me. It's a solo game. You get to tour a lot. You get to see the world. If I was a solid tennis player... Um, I think that would be what I want to do. I think that would be my one wish that I was that was top of the game of tennis. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. I like that. What do you got? I want to be invisible. Oh, that's the power good. of invisibility. That's good too. And this Tim. is why. It's because I want to be able to go into people's houses and just look around. <laughs> just at I, anything. Just at, like, no, no. Just I, check it out. Like. I love houses. I love yeah, like yeah. architecture and different <laughs> like what different houses look like. Right. And I was drive past houses and see them from the outside and wonder yes. what they look like on the inside. Right. I want the I want to be invisible so I can go into people's houses and just look at them. Nothing creepy. Yeah. I just want to see the houses. You just want to see the houses. Yeah, and if uh, my backup would be I want to uh bring back the candy flip flop. What's know, that? What's flip flop? I don't know if you know, I don't know. flip flops. Yeah. I, when I was like, uh, I don't know, young, was it like eight, nine, or ten? It was just a candy you could buy, like Runts or Nerds. Oh, flip flops. Flip flops. Never heard it of them. It was like a circular candy, and it had two different flavors, one on each side. One of them was sweet, and one of them was oh, sour. Oh, cool. And Good name. I remember uh, so many Saturday afternoons. I probably watched this movie eating a box of flip flops. Eating flip flops, yeah. I remember watching Jaws <laughs> 2 over and over again, Amazing. eating flip flops. Oh, great. You cannot find them anywhere. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. They don't exist anymore. Yeah. If anybody has eaten flip flops before, hit us up on Instagram because yes. I'd love to know. We can um, we can share the pain of those not existing anymore. It was the best candy. I'd love to have them again. That's amazing. Yeah. But I want to be invisible first. Yes. So your invisible thing reminded me of um, I was in sort of a uh, it's kind of like a focus group, I guess. I don't know. It was, it was a bunch of people from. Uh, the office I used to work at and it was different people from different departments brought together. We were sent to like a hotel to a conference room and we we're supposed to just hammer out an idea about something. And the icebreaker was what would be your uh, superpower if yeah. you could choose one. Okay. And we were going around to everyone picking a superpower and it got to me and I said teleportation. That's what I would want. I'd want teleportation. And then later on when we got deeper into talking about ourselves because we hadn't met everyone I mentioned that I lived an hour and a half away from the office right. and I had to drive an hour and a half every day. And someone was like, 
do you think that's why you want teleportation? So yeah. you don't have to waste an hour and a half in the car, three hours a day in the what car. What are the reasons? And I was like, oh shit, yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> so teleportation is actually pretty cool. I would that would be that would definitely be a good one. That would be a good one for if a genie could grant that to me forever, just teleportation whenever yeah. I want. That'd be that's cool. also a good one. That'd be a good one because I could still teleport inside of someone's house. Totally. But then they'd yeah. see me. They'd be like, ah, what are you doing in my house? It's true. If you could figure you, you know, you'd have to be a little creepy, figure out their schedule and then teleport yeah. no, into I don't want to do that. I don't want to <laughs> <They weren't. laughs> be a creepy guy. You want to be invisible, but not creepy. Invisible. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Dean, thank you for joining. We, yeah. That uh, rocked a couple episodes of the, a couple episodes at the lake. Yeah. That ends cabin record at the lake. That ends uh podcast at the lake. Oh. Um, you're getting close to being demoted with this whole cabin record. It's such a stupid name. I see, I see Brian eyeing me right now. He's like ready to step up. <laughs> yeah. He's ready to sit in the, in the co-host seat. Co-host Brian next week. We'll see. It was a good time. It was a good time at the lake. It was fun. Yeah. 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 But we'll be uh, back in studio next week and things will be a little bit more back to normal. So. Aw. Aw. <laughs> Let's just stay out here. Yeah. Stay at the lake. Let's always record at the lake. Yeah, I know. That'd be fun. But maybe one day. Uh, yes. Well, we'll see you next week, Dean. And thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you all next time. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.